0: Middle-aged men in Cleveland, the bulldog head, plop. Here's truly Ken Dworznik, who found out last week he needs to shrink his body or he's going to die. So there you go. (laughs) You want to explain? Middle-aged men in Cleveland, we're ready to rock. Uh, Sure. I had a doctor's appointment and basically I was told that I'm obese.
1: You're obese?
0: And I certainly need to uh, lessen the amount of alcohol I have and food intake. So... There you go. My There's another inside. remedy to that. What's that? Just go the other way, doctor. That is an uh, that is an option. I've had my doctor for a very long time, and actually, yeah. a good dude. But now I got to make some changes. So I've I've done stuff in the past week. I've I've already dropped five pounds, so oh. that's good. My drinking do? now is now water and black coffee. That okay. is what I drink. That's it. Okay. That's it. Yep. So. I got my flavored water right here. I like that. See, I can't do that stuff. I don't. Eowyn does the flavored water.
1: Is it like a sparkling water or? Well, it's uh, what is this? This is clear American. Uh, Well, thank God it's American flavored, flavored, sparkling water beverage with other natural flavors. Zero sugar, zero calorie, zero caffeine, zero sodium. How about zero taste? Is there zero taste? No, there's taste. OK, Otherwise, I wouldn't be having it. The one thing just, that it's got in it that's bad <clears throat> is. <clears throat> uh, aspartame.
0: Oh, OK. Yeah. The substitute sugar stuff. OK.
1: Yeah. But, you know, so. fair
0: enough. Well, you you're trying to make some health choice, health yeah. things as well. So uh, this is the fun stuff we, we have to go with. I talk to other friends our age and I'll be honest. With you, they're dealing with the same stuff. You yep. got a hereditary hereditary things against you sometimes, and you just gotta make some lifestyle changes. So yeah. we'll see. Well, Ted, I, I imagine as myself, and I know there's a, a couple things we want to talk about at the top of the show, but um we're August is done. So what does that mean basically? <laughs> we have school starting. School's okay, started. yep. And we gotta get everything ready for the kids. I uh-huh. have one quick rant, and then we're gonna certainly talk about a couple items you want to talk about. Have you done school shopping with your children? Have you done that?
1: Uh, We don't do that. Well, my wife does that without them. You're talking about for pencils and pens? No,
0: that and like clothes and stuff like that. It's kind of Uh, what I'm talking about. No, we don't do that with them. Fair enough. You do it on your own. Correct. Gotcha. Okay. So I don't do a lot of the school shopping for my kids. Their, Their mom takes care of a lot of that stuff. Um, I help with some school supplies at times or anything like that, but we always kind of have an agreement. Okay, why don't you buy such and such shoes? Okay, so I've decided I was going to buy Riley shoes. So okay. Saturday, Awen and Maddie, You're Riley fr- and I were going to go to a place that starts with a D um, that you buy sporting goods at. So, <laughs> so we opt to go. Living in the fine Rocky River area, we go to Great Northern Mall. That should bring back some memories for you. Too. Oh, yeah. Some time there back in your younger days. Yep. You lived on this, this side of uh, this part of Cleveland. So we go there, and I have a plan. Okay. And my plan is we're going to buy shoes for him for school. These are not cross country shoes. He runs cross country. These are not anything special. These are shoes he's going to wear on a regular basis when he's at school. Okay. Obviously, my mother would be proud I had a gift card. So we're going to use that towards it. So I start walking around the store and I basically tell Riley, I go, let's look at four or five different pairs of shoes. Certainly price is going to be part of the mix. okay i'm sure. thinking, oh, OK, you know, it's been a little while since I've actually been in a store and bought shoes. So we walk around and he wants, you know, we're looking at Adidas, we're looking at Nike's, we're looking at some others. I look at the first shoe that he kind of picks out. And he's like, "Well, I like this, this, and this." So there's four different kinds. The first one he picked up, <clears throat> I almost fell off, fell <laughs> fell over, <laughs> and passed out. Yeah, the shoe was two hundred dollars. Yeah, I'm like, "Well, I don't think we're gonna go with this." I go, I I want to stay in a specific price range because as Kevin Hart, the comedian, talks about, I like to be in my financial lane. I'm not going to be in anybody else's. I want to be in my own. So we finally found the shoe that he wants. And it it, it was it was a nice shoe, some kind of Air Max or something like that, that he really liked. And that ended up being like one hundred and ten dollars. I'm like, okay, that that I can handle. That's two hundred dollars for a shoe. This isn't a, a like a special running shoe. I, I can get that. I, I'm very familiar with that back in the days when I would run a lot. You want special shoes and all that to costs causes you know, a little bit more. Two hundred dollars just for some kind of you know shoe to run around in and, and kind of bebop around in.
1: Yeah, it's no,
0: not up in here. Well, no, nope, we didn't we didn't go <clears throat> that route. So he's very happy with what he has and I've saved a few dollars in my wallet. So that that is my rant. The cost of something pretty nice now just like everything else has gone up but i cannot believe that the price of tennis shoes that i used to buy at burlington coat factory with my mother when i would go and i think we spent like 30 bucks at the most is now that type of shoe is now like 200 bucks it's crazy
1: now you know why goodwill and places like that are popular
0: yeah that's true
1: so well true (coughs) We had an interesting situation. So my eldest son is a huge football fan, huge football fan, and loves Madden football. Okay. So as you probably know, the Madden game is supposed to come out here in a couple of days. And he's beyond excited. So I had him do some things where he earned Madden football. So oh, okay. Nice. The only game I bought for him that's that's brand new because they're again so expensive. Right. I bought it for him, and uh, he comes over and he says, "Do do we do we have EA Play?" He said, "Yeah, we have we have EA Play. EA Play doesn't always include Madden, and you have to wait a long time to get Madden." So I'm, I'm right, oh. right oh, well, this is on Monday. He says, well, we get early access to Madden 23. I'm like, oh, that's great. And uh, he's like, yeah, I think it's three days early. And he's all excited. I'm like, oh, that's great, buddy. So then um, he um, comes back and he says, oh, well, it's three days early. And so it's not going to be available until Tuesday tomorrow and i'm like oh okay you know okay so you'll have it tomorrow so he goes away and then he comes back and he says daddy i need to go into the settings on the xbox oh okay go ahead go into the settings he goes into the settings this is on monday the 15th goes into the settings and he's in the the uh time zone and i'm like what are you doing he says, "I need to set this time zone for for New Zealand." And I'm like, "Why? Well, because it's Tuesday in New Zealand, and then I can play the game." The kid's eleven, Ken. So I help him find the time zone, and sure enough, there's Madden 23.
0: You're kidding me.
1: No. Nope. No. Nope. Unbelievable.
0: I tell you, that's pretty smart.
1: That's uh, that's
0: pretty smart.
1: Yeah, so that's uh, gotta keep an eye on that kid. Uh, that's classic. So that's what we got at our house. We got early Madden twenty three, and we're in New Zealand.
0: Are you so? Have you had the chance to play the game? Have you guys? I played? have. I have. How is it? What does the game itself look
1: like? Is it pretty? Um, pretty sweet. My son would tell you that he's blown away by it. I would tell you it's very similar to the previous games. It does have – it's all centered around – it's like a tribute to John Madden. And they have the John Madden uh, legacy game. Oh, okay. So they have rosters from the AFC and the NFC of either current players that are great or old players that he loved. Okay. Oh, that's cool. That's neat. So – AFC versus NFC, and then they have two different versions of John Madden, one coaching each side. And they talk about, well, this is like young John Madden. And then then this Jen Madden over here is like after he won a Super Bowl. And they have like, uh, you know, if you run the ball with, I don't know, Barry Sanders, the announcers will say, oh, well, yeah, John Madden. They call him Coach. Coach loved Barry Sanders. And then they have a soundbite from John Madden talking about Barry Sanders
0: oh that's cool that's oh, it's really, really neat it's, it's really neat that's really neat
1: yeah so very cool uh, so yeah uh but it so it's it's good i haven't you know he's starting to get into the, the franchise and all of that we only played the legacy game together but he says it's great so
0: well that's cool that's fun yeah. i've always enjoyed madam it's been a long time since i played just because of timing and all that kind of stuff. No. And I kept up with the video games, but yeah, I think that's a, it's a, it's a great series. I think they do a great job with that.
1: Hey, miles Garrett's 99 on the game. You can't beat that. So in the game, he decided the legacy game. He decided he wanted to be the NFC. And as you know, and maybe this is bad parenting. I don't know. He's a Steelers fan. So yeah, I, have the AFC. I have the AFC and the number two running back is Jerome Bettis. The so best. I deliberately, down by the goal line, hand the ball to the bus. <laughs> and as I hand the ball off, as the play is going, I'm saying the wheels on the bus go round and round.
0: You're starting some nice taunting at an early age of, of children. That's great.
1: So, yeah, we're in New Zealand playing uh, Madden football.
0: I My love head. it. How does it feel? I mean, are you technically down under where, I mean, I know that's I, Australia, but yes, you know. I, I, six I, hours ahead, I believe, aren't they? Right. I think they're
1: 12.
0: Is it 12? Wow. Yeah.
1: Okay. But uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, Hey, whatever it takes, right. That's right. Yeah. Well, coming up on this week's show, Ken, I know you've had to cut back on what you eat, but we're going to have plenty of talk about food. We're going to get some info about some new restaurants in the Cleveland area with Destination Cleveland's Jen Brazdovich. We also have good news for anybody with a sweet tooth. I guess we'll cross you off that list, Ken. Yep. The misspeak of the Week comes from baseball, as does one of our stories in Klopp's Clips. Our Cleveland sports expert, Dusty Sloan, is here to talk about a memorable Browns preseason game. And our Cleveland historian, John Grabowski, is here to discuss Burke Lake Front Airport and why it is where it is that and more coming up and now a woman's perspective
2: what did god say after creating man i can do much better
1: this has been a woman's perspective
0: Dead time for the overachiever segment.
1: A yep. Maryland
0: woman broke a Guinness world record at the Virginia weightlifting competition.
1: Uh-huh. I think
0: this is something that I'll be competing in next year, maybe. Uh, oh, okay. Tamara Walcott lifted a total of 1,620 pounds across three compound lifts.
1: Oh my god. Wow. The squat, the bench press. And the deadlift. Oh, that's five hundred more than 500 pounds
0: per lift. That's crazy. She was competing in the 2002 World Raw Powerlifting Federation American Pro in Manassas when she broke the record for the heaviest. Lift for bench and squat and press in the competition for a female. Wow. So. I have a basic idea on how this whole thing goes. So her biggest lift would be the deadlift. I imagine okay. in the deadlift, she probably lifted. If she's th- lifting 1,600 pounds total, she probably deadlifted somewhere in the range of like 700 pounds, almost 800 pounds. Wow. Which is unbelievable. Yeah. I guess that's somebody you want to have on your side. <laughs> you know, if if you're in a fight, I guess you you would want to have, you know, Tamara Walcott on your side, not going against her. I don't think that's going to go well.
1: I, I would agree. I don't like. Yeah. I, yeah, it's a good idea.
0: Well, congrats to Tamara lifting thousands of pounds, 1600 to be exact. And that definitely is an overachiever. We're joined by Jen Brastovich once again from Destination Cleveland. And Jen, we always appreciate your time when you fill us up with information about where we should go with our calendars. But one thing that is very important to Ted and I is filling our stomachs. So I know in the Cleveland area, there's been many different places that have opened up and obviously many places that want to promote uh, what they have to offer with the restaurant scene. Can you give us a couple places that people should look out for here in the Cleveland area?
2: Absolutely. Filling my stomach is also a top priority for me. Uh, So you are talking to the right girl. Of course, we have an expansive and diverse culinary scene here in Cleveland, offering a little something for everyone. We did see a few restaurants close during 2020, during the pandemic. But more importantly, we've seen a lot of places open and seen some new stuff uh, open its doors. So let's check out some of the highlights. One of the top highlights that I cannot stop talking about is Cordelia. This just opened in the old Lola space on East 4th Street. Part of the reason I'm so excited is because with its opening, there are now no empty storefronts on East 4th Street. So, I mean, talk about a diverse array of culinary options. Walk down East 4th Street, there is absolutely something for everyone. So this just opened in late July, and they are celebrating all things Midwest. The owners described the vibe as Midwest nice. And the restaurant is named for the owner's grandma. Food is fittingly described as modern grandma cuisine. So they're reimagining some favorites that people grew up sitting around the the family dining table eating on, you know, Sunday dinner. Right now, they're only open Wednesday through Saturday evenings, and you are going to want to make a reservation right now because this is a reservation that is hard to get. Uh, it is one of the hot spots, and it is just absolutely beautiful inside what they've done with that space. And of course. It's East 4th Street, so there's a little patio space as well. Yep,
0: yep.
2: If we head over to Ohio City, Juneberry Table is a breakfast and lunch concept, just open the old Jack Flap space. Um, this is from Karen Small, who used to own the Flying Fig right over there by Westside Market. So this one actually opened a few months ago, but I went there and I cannot stop recommending it to people. It is probably one of the best breakfast and lunch places that I've ever been. It's described as an urban diner. It totally fits. It's a small space, but has a good number of tables, booths, and then counter seats to really give you that diner vibe. They have all day breakfast and lunch. I had the biscuits. They were absolutely incredible. The breakfast sandwich, I cannot tell you guys, one of the best breakfast sandwiches I've ever had. and I consider myself a breakfast sandwich aficionado. (laughs) (laughs) so good. My friend had a BLT salad. I love any salad that has bacon on it. Like Then then I don't feel like I'm eating a salad. And it was huge and is so fresh. So this place is open Wednesday through Saturday, 8am till 2pm. This is a great spot for that work from home crowd looking for a chance to get out of the house a little bit, maybe for a late breakfast, early lunch. Um, So it's a great option there for breakfast and lunch. And then another brand new place, Terrestrial Brewing. You guys know this Battery Park Brewery. One of our favorites, one of my favorites, super dog friendly. I love anywhere I can take my dog. They've had pop-up food events for years, but now they officially have their own restaurant and menu. So this is located in the space next to the tap room. And that space has actually been empty for about five years. So it's awesome to see it transformed into something and driving business over there to that Battery Park area. So right now they're only serving dinner Wednesday through Sunday. Brunch is kicking off in the next few weeks. Um, But if you're at the brewery, you can also get some of the appetizer items um, delivered to you over at the brewery. So no entrees at the brewery. You have to go next door to the restaurant for those, but you can still get some good snacks and stuff while you're there. Lots of beer focused items. Pretzels with beer cheese. They know more. Uh, Beer battered walleye to celebrate our Lake Erie fish here. And for those who aren't beer lovers, Terrestrial has a great lineup of beer. I love beer, but there is a more extensive wine and cocktail menu at the restaurant. So it's a variety. Well, my mom, my mom will only drink Pinot Grigio. So, okay. you understand. know.
0: There's people out there like, like that. Uh, oh, there is. When For my sure. mom
2: comes to town and I'm planning where we go, I got to look at the drink menu to make sure that there's no <laughs> over Mom's going to be happy. Yeah. Yep. I Yeah. And of course, while you're there, don't forget to check in on your Cleveland Brewery Passport. That'll get you a stamp and get you one step closer to those prizes on the Cleveland Brewery Passport. Um, but guys, just so much good stuff coming on the food scene this year. It's been so energizing to see stuff open and take over some of these empty spaces. You know, that Lola closure in 2020 was a huge loss. But this place that's just opened Cordelia, I think, is going to be a really good replacement for that and and make people feel like they're really entering a a new realm of food here in Cleveland.
0: For sure. Awesome. Jen, thank you so much. As, As always, you always update us, as I mentioned in the beginning, with the calendar. And now we know where to eat. So we have everything we could possibly need. Thank you so much for the time and we appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Then we have good news and for someone in the job market with the sweet tooth Canadian company Candy Funhouse is hiring a chief candy officer god mm. that sounds amazing a chief yeah. candy officer the job will pay holy cow 100 grand and basically you'll eat candy <laughs> job duties include taste testing more than 3500 products to m- products a month let's go over that again Yeah. 3,500 products a month. Giving the CCO, which is the chief candy officer, stamp of approval, leading the Funhouse candy strategy and running candy board meetings. No experience is required and you will get a full dental plan. Well, I would hope so. (laughs) Thirty five hundred products a month. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah. My math is not good. But if you look at that and just say, all right, 30 days, which you're probably not working seven days a week, but let's just do it on average. That means each day, if you worked every day for a month and your average month is, is around 30 days, that's 192 pieces of candy each day. <laughs> Can you do that? I mean, I think the kids would think that would be amazing. But then after all, like, do I have to really eat this crap again? I mean, I just, I this, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. I agree. agree. Here's the other thing. And this is quick one. So have you been to a wine tasting before? You've done it, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And with wine tastings, they tell you two things. Either obviously you can drink it and swallow it or you could spit it out. Right. You do you taste think the candy guy spit. is spitting out the candy? Do you think he's eating all the candy? I, I don't know. All he's gotta do is taste it. Probably spitting it out. That's my guess. No course, reply. This is, this
1: is just taking you an got, unpleasant
0: turn. You're like Phil Collins, no reply. <laughs> well, good news for everyone out there. You can get uh, you can get a job for a hundred granny candy. Give him a ring at the fun house.
1: Cleveland! This is for you! Our football expert, USFL, XFL, anything with an FL I think uh, Dusty knows about. This is from the NFL, August 24th, 1992. Oh boy. The Browns suffer their worst preseason loss. They dropped one to the Minnesota Vikings by a count of 56 to three. 56 to three. They got that three in there though. Yep. Uh, Dusty, uh, I'm sure that the guys that were on the team at this point probably don't want to be mentioned in the same sentence with this game, but uh, tell us who some of the uh, some of the culprits are here.
3: Well, I'm glad you guys brought this up because this allowed me to go through the uh... – through the uh, microfilm, as it were, trying try to find uh, the box score from this. It's very fascinating. Um, the Vikings quarterback that day was, was uh, one of my favorite quarterbacks of all time, Rich Gannon, no. who wasn't quite Rich Gannon back in 1992, but uh, he was in this game. He was 12 of 14 for a buck 91, two touchdowns and a rushing touchdown. So he, uh, he did a lot of the damage. A lot of people don't remember that Roger Craig was a running back for the Vikings after his days with the 49ers. He was part of this uh, this scoring fest that they had. And the interesting thing is you say 56 to three, it was actually 56, nothing Belichick decided to uh, kick the field goal midway. through. Oh, the that's right. The court, I, I remember I that. So, oh uh, gosh. It, so, so j- just so it wasn't a skunking, but yeah, the Vikings had the ball for almost 40 minutes of the 60 minutes. They had, uh, he almost had 500 yards of offense. Uh, Bernie uh, through an interception uh, the Browns turned the ball over three times on fumbles. So, uh, and we were trying to uh, employ a couple old running backs that were uh, way past their prime at that point, And Joe Morris and James Brooks. Oh my gosh. And and, wow. that was the, and that was the year we had Mark Bavaro at tight end. Oh my gosh. So, But it, that it was, year
0: the team was actually pretty decent. Were they not in 92? They had a pretty decent season.
3: Well, despite that skunking. <laughs> well, the interesting thing about it was, Everybody, the first year of, of Belichick was the year before this was nine, yeah. or they were seven and nine. So they obviously improved from the 1990 when uh, Bud Carson got canned. But then 1992 rolls around, and they were they were hanging around 500. They're four and three, five and four, and they were seven and six. But then lost their last three games to Detroit, Houston, and Pittsburgh. and ended up with the same record as the year before. Ah. So they really weren't getting to that point where they thought they were going to be contenders until the next year in 93 and then obviously in 94 they made the playoffs again
0: yeah but this is wow. still the year this this was not the change of bernie kosar correct this was not the year no. of that.
3: That, that was, was what year. 94 correct? that was 93 when uh 93 okay. when, when he okay. had diminishing skills yes <laughs> <laughs> diminishing skills well
1: uh i think i uh probably speak for many browns fans when i say uh that if we're gonna have a coach with uh, that uh, record or that that outcome uh, for the Browns. It, it's fine that it's Bill Belichick.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, here's the funny part. If you look at that staff, and I think we've talked about this before, oh. on that staff you have two of the greatest football coaches. I don't care what anyone says. Ever, you have Bill Belichick and Nick Saban coaching mm. on the same squad. That is. That's mind boggling. Yeah.
3: Well, and for anybody who likes the, the football life on NFL network, if you watch that football life with the 95 Browns, when they moved, what kind of coaching staff they had and what kind of front office they had, mm-hmm. it just makes you even matter because if that group would have stuck around and the team would have stuck around, we probably would have seen a super bowl fairly shortly after that. But of course I won't mention his name had to, had to go and ruin it.
1: He had no choice. No yeah, choice. he had
3: no choice. He yeah. had no
1: choice. But I want to say thank you to all my
3: friends in Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> who, who, he, who, who he loved so much, he never went back because he thought no. he was going to be hurt. Yeah. yeah, right,
1: right. Okay. Well, Dusty, uh, this is a heck of a way to end this segment with a 56-3 loss to the Browns, but or lost by the Browns, but, you know, history is what history is. So thank you for your time appreciate
2: it guys Cleveland This is for you
1: Miss Speaker of the Week now Ken Baseball great Pete Rose was recently honored as part of the Philadelphia Phillies 1980 World Series team after being introduced to the with his teammates on the field to the crowd uh, Pete joined the television broadcast and recalled a conversation between Red's teammate Tony Perez and broadcaster Joe Nuxall. Joe said, "Tony, congratulations. What did you hit?" And Tony says, "Joe, I hit a f- high fastball." Hmm. <laughs> and <laughs> Joe didn't know what to say. Joe said, "No shit." <laughs> looped out to right field you change the subject real quick on that loop <laughs> out to right field i'm, I'm just describing the action I'm pretty sure we don't have a seven seven second delay so oh oh yeah yeah you bet they didn't have a seven second delay that was not uh without that air that was uh not Ooh. edited i uh i cleaned that up for our uh purposes here wow. and wow Here's the interesting part. That was not the first story that uh, Pete told on the broadcast with a less than stellar subject matter. So he was, uh, I don't know what he was thinking, but uh, yeah. that's uh, uh, Charlie
0: Hustle has basically lost his filter. I think that's where we're at. So I think,
1: I think so. that's just an
0: easy way to, to basically say, Charlie Hustle, the old Pete Rose, doesn't care anymore. Well, just like many other Northeast Ohioans, Ted, I had the opportunity to be out and about the last couple of weeks. I have a couple highlights for you. I always like to give you highlights, not the everyday stuff. Uh, first of all, I went to the Lakewood Arts Festival. Did you ever attend that when you were in uh, the West no. Lake area? No. no. Oh, boy, oh, boy. What a what a fine time that is. A lot of vendors. They take over Detroit Avenue for like it seems like 25 blocks. And uh, we had the opportunity to go to that it was great, great food. A um, lot of different, very creative artists. It's hard to believe that some of the stuff people come up with pretty amazing. I uh, went to Char. We've talked about that in the past. And then also the other highlight for me, besides going to the Great Northern Mall, as we talked about earlier, which, by the way, going to the mall, it's a much different experience as, than as a child. It is a different place like in the Great Northern Mall. I think there's 12 stores. And the food court. That's it. Yeah. But the other highlight was actually went to Avon and we went to a Crusher's game. We watched the Avon Crusher's take on the Florence y'alls, which was a super exciting. Um, They had a handout of a bobblehead of their manager, Tim Roth, which was kind of cool and very interactive. I enjoy minor league baseball. It's yeah. Just fun. You know, there's a lot of kids in the, the atmosphere is great. You don't get a lot of people there. They're just going there to get completely hammered, and it was it was a lot of fun. It was it was a good time. Great deals too. I mean, they had one of the <laughs> very quickly my last part. One of the players for the Crushers ended up getting on base, and in that during that inning, it was the Great Lakes designated hitter inning or something like that. So he got on base. So we all got beers for half off hmm. for 30 minutes. So that was wow. Yeah. So that was the, uh, that was the out and about this week. And I was in Northeast Ohio, but Ted, if I'm not mistaken, from what we've talked in the last two weeks, you're out and
1: about you were out of state. I was. Yes. We went to pigeon forge, uh, Tennessee. Oh, very nice. My family is we've talked about previously on the show. My wife piles my kids and uh, her mom in a vehicle, and off they go. And this year, I was able to go down and join them for uh, five days in Pigeon Forge, which is near Gatlinburg. And um, we did some touristy stuff. We stayed at a KOA in a cabin. Um, and we did uh, some dinner theaters. Dolly Part- That's the Dolly Parton area. So uh-huh. you've got uh Pirates Voyage dinner theater, Dolly Parton Stampede and Hatfield and McCoy dinner theater. Those were fun. As was it was a uh a very uh tourist trap kind of a place called Beyond the Lens. And it's based yeah, right? on different things you photograph, but it's essentially a giant uh arcade uh, VR games, games and experiences. Hmm. The nice thing is Unlike a lot of places up here in Northeast Ohio, when you go in, you pay one fee, it's like $35, you're good for the day, and you can do everything. Oh, that's
0: nice. It's
1: not, oh, we get you in the door, and then, oh, by the way, that really cool thing over there, that's another eight bucks. Yeah. So we spent the day there. But the highlight of the trip, and I know you're going to chuckle at this because of where we were. The highlight of the trip was the Titanic Museum. They have a um, it's a half size and half the ship replica of the Titanic, uh-huh. and you take a tour. You're assigned a uh, you know you you're, you're uh, whoever somebody on the Titanic, and then you follow their journey through the Titanic, and you. See if they survived, you learn more about them, that kind of thing. Uh we um uh I was a Jesuit priest, oddly oh, enough. How about that? Who, <laughs> That's great. Who was responsible for taking all the pictures that were taken on board the Titanic? The okay. um this guy got off in Queensland. And so he had taken the only pictures that were taken on board the Titanic. Wow. Yeah. And um, so, but it was an an amazing experience. Uh, There was a gentleman at the end who had, uh, he looked just like Captain Smith. Wow. And he was dressed like him. He had dove on the Titanic and he had a little piece of it encased in a piece of plastic and kids could go up and he'd let them hold it and take a picture. That's really cool. And he talked about his uh, dive on the Titanic. Hmm. So, They've had that
0: exhibit for a long time. And that's, that's a traveling exhibit, but I saw that actually one time in San Francisco. It is this, really cool. and This it is just never gets old. One. This
1: is, this is oh, okay. One. But I know really? the wow. about. Yeah, this is permanent because the guy who, owns the museum is from Pigeon Forge, which is why everybody's like Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. Why is there a Titanic? Yeah. Oh, I
0: didn't know that. Oh, that's
1: cool. That's really neat. That's really neat. So, yeah. So that was, I mean, and then we did other stuff, but that was easily the highlight of the trip. So if you're at all interested in the Titanic and you're in that area, hands down, I figured we'd spend two or three hours. We were there for six hours. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Wow. Yeah. She That's cool. At least for me, the highlight of the trip. And that's my out and about.
0: That's your out and about.
1: Time for another Cleveland history lesson. Cleveland historian John Grabowski with us and John Burke Lakefront Airport. This seems like a broken record every so often. Hey, we gotta get rid of Burke Lakefront Airport. Hey, we gotta we gotta develop the lakefront. We've cut ourselves off from the lakefront. We've we've all heard the the rhetoric time and time again. So, rather than go through that, my question is: when when Burke when when Cleveland had a needed an airport, what 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 was the reasoning behind putting it right on the lake? Was there was it the land just available, or was there a strategic reason for it?
4: Uh, I think it's, its land was available, and there was a region for it. We, we need to go backwards and understand that the lakefront, the area north of the railroad tracks, is basically all filled. Mm-hmm. And, and by the 1930s, I mean, there was one major structure that it had been located on. It was Cleveland Municipal Stadium. Uh, and during the 30s, a lot of the lakefront uh, were, were shelters for the homeless during the Depression and the antidote to that was the great lakes exposition of 1936-1937 which was a world sort of a world's fair on the lakefront uh, just to the east of the stadium and it made great use of that lakefront land and people looked at the lakefront said, we've got to save the lakefront you've heard that before haven't you yes yeah and, and so you know the, the exposition was set to you know close and and somebody at that time in the 36 said, you know, what we need to do is build an air front, a, airport on the area to the east where part of the exposition was. And they were looking at Meg's Field in Chicago. You know, Chicago had yep. an urban airport. And yep. you were not looking at huge aircraft coming in at that point. You're looking at small aircraft, business, whatever else. And so that idea was vetted, actually brought up uh, at the end of the Great Lakes Expo, the war intervened, uh, but by 1947, they they built, they built a, uh, a runway. I think it was something like 3,600 3, foot dirt runway in 1947 uh, for the airport. And it began functioning, but it was under Mayor Thomas Burke that it really began to be pushed forward. And Cleveland was a big city. And, uh, and you know having something like Meg's Field right on your lakefront was very important. Uh, then the airport thrived. By the 1960s, they they extended the runway because they had more fill that they could put out there. I mean, you're landing on garbage, okay? And <laughs> essentially, what it is, okay? Uh, and uh, it's, but it, you know, it is it, it it functions. And I think like they finally built the whole airport. You know, the not only the the hangars, but that that entrance hall. There was a restaurant at the airport. And in the 60s and into the 70s, it had a lot of commercial flights coming in and out, small airports, you know, small small airplanes coming in on commercial flights. So we've just tried that again the other year. Um, and it still is, it still is, you know, used for private aircraft and helicopters and whatever else. So, I mean, the Bolton family had a helicopter service they started there in the 1950s. So it has a long history. And, The thing that really uh, I think people realize now is that uh, beginning in 1964, it became the home of the Cleveland Air Show. Mm -hmm. You know, that's one of the reasons. And then we had the great Grand Prix of Cleveland, the roar by the shore (laughs) there. And I think that was 1981. Mm -hmm. And Right now, people are debating whether we need an airport or should that be developed into housing. But I think the sense right now, and there are a lot of plans out there, is that lakefront doesn't belong to the railroads. It doesn't belong to the garbage companies. It belongs to the people of Cleveland. And, and that's what would make, you know, really push Cleveland forward is to have that air, uh, that lakefront open to everybody. So we'll see what happens. Um,
1: yeah.
0: John, the question I have for you is obviously talked about the Grand Prix. I'm, and that's something that I know Ted knows that well. He covered that when he was working for different uh, radio stations and TV stations. I had the opportunity as well. It was very cool. And then obviously you mentioned about the air show. To your knowledge, was that airport ever used for anything else besides planes coming in and those two events? Do you do you know of anything else? I cannot think of anything, nor did I hear anything about
4: that. I think it was just planes and, and I think the, the races and the events that are held there. I don't think there's any Another event, I mean, it's, a, you know, they still have to shut down the airport, a large part of the airport's interrupted when you have the air show. Yes. And and that was with the Grand Prix. And that's either an indicator that the airport's not busy enough to, <laughs> you know, and that, that may be the death knell, but um, we'll, we'll see what happens because, as I said before, the, the movement in, in the public right now is to open up that lake shore, lakefront as much as possible. And, yeah. You know, we've seen that happen with the West Shoreway being, you know, put into an open drive now, supposedly thirty-five miles an hour.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: We're looking at huge construction at Battery Park of housing, yep, just to the south of Edgewater Park. So that's what's coming available. You know, the same thing with the flats. I mean, people, people are living on the edges of the flats so they can view the river, or go sure. down and have a, or go down and have a quick drink. Yeah, yeah,
1: Very or true. both. Yeah. Yep. all right john well a little insight there as to uh why we now have all these lakefront development plans or redistricting or redevelopment whatever you want to call it uh, where it all started Uh, we appreciate the insight john thank you
4: my pleasure Ted. the most trusted name in journalism Clips. All
1: right, Ken, here's the news you probably didn't hear about. Canadian politician Doug Ford held a news conference last week about possibly privatizing health care. I have for you now a portion of said news conference. Uh, government per se. <laughs> Holy Christ. I just swallowed a bee.
4: Little bugger. I'm good. He's down here buzzing around right now. He has a lot of he has a lot of real estate. Now, if that was in the clip, okay, this is going to be replayed over and over again. Holy Christ, he's, he's wedged to my throat. Sorry, guys. Little bugger got away in there. Okay. No, oh, I'm I'm okay. He's buzzing in there. Man, he went right down the house.
1: swallowed a bee during a news conference. Ford is okay.
0: Thank God. Yeah, luckily he's not allergic. That's got to yeah, be serious. Thank things. God for that. Hold
1: on, hold on. Uh, well, uh, we're going to go from that to a guy in England who wanted us, uh, who was wanted for stealing a car and putting gas in it uh, without paying for it. He's been <laughs> caught after his disguise failed him. Police were searching a house when they spotted what they described as a large, stuffed teddy bear breathing. 18-year-old Joshua Dobson tried to hide in the stuffed teddy bear. The outfit, however, was, as you can imagine, unbearable. Dobson was arrested, given nine months in a young offender's institution. Oh, boy.
0: This is not a good run for him.
1: Do not hide in a stuffed teddy bear. Yeah, Not going to work. Camp counselor in Westchester, New York, found a unique piece of memorabilia that he is now auctioning off. Allie Tarantino has been working at the Elmwood Day Camp for more than 30 years and recently discovered a baseball card of an 8- or 9-year-old boy that the boy printed, signed, and gave to him. The boy on the card is Mark Zuckerberg. Oh, jeez. Comic Connect is handling the auction of the, the, the card no word on how much the item is expected to go for.
0: That'll be big money. Yeah. Big money.
1: Autographed Mark Zuckerberg baseball card. A suspected church burglar in Washington State got caught, and that wasn't the worst part. Uh, cops responded to a call a little after 3 a.m. for a burglary in progress. Guy seen in the church with a mask on and looking at audio equipment. Police arrived as the suspect climbed out a window. They ordered him onto the ground. As he followed their commands, a skunk came around the corner and sprayed him. 28-year-old Grant Simonson is charged with second-degree burglary. That's karma is what that is. Karma. A South Korean town is getting some negative feedback for an ad promoting garlic. Hong Siong County is known for its local garlic. Here now is a portion of that thirty-second spot.
4: Mm-hmm. Oh, my soul.
1: Ken, uh, I think you're thinking the same thing I'm thinking. Yeah. Some farmers say that ad right there is obscene. The video shows a woman touching the thigh of a man named Hong San with a full garlic head mask on, saying words like very thick and hard. To apparently describe the quality of the local garlic. Oh, this, boy. This ad is also a parody, apparently, of a famous scene from a 2004 hit Korean movie. I, I did think not think that, that that sound did not sound like it was a sound an ad for garlic. To me.
0: No, I, I imagine the sales are going to go up here pretty soon, though, after that commercial.
1: Controversial. Yeah. In sports, Pirates second baseman Rodolfo Castro sliding into third against the Arizona Diamondbacks when this happened.
3: Castro slides into third. His phone comes out of his pocket. Now that's a first. (laughs) And there's Adam Hammery. Dude, your phone is
1: down. Hey, right there. (laughs) Umpire pointing out that the guy's phone falls out of his pocket. Guy had his phone in, in. back pocket during the game. Pirates manager Derek Shelton. Baseball fans in Cleveland might remember him. Uh, he was asked about the, uh, the phone in the pocket after the game.
2: I mean I think the one thing we say is like you stay around the game you see things <laughs> you see you see things you haven't seen before. So and I, honestly I wasn't even aware of it until Rabs came in and, and and told me about it.
1: Uh, yeah we've got guys playing Major League Baseball with phones in their pocket. He he claims he just forgot it was there
0: yep got called up last minute didn't think he was gonna play and they put him in the game and he forgot to take his phone out of his pocket this is what the story is i don't know we're talking about it so i guess that's what he's looking for but i guess he's ready
1: for social media at any time well on that note i'm ready to close up this week's collection of klopp's clips <laughs>
2: Not a dad joke.
0: Ted, why should you never date a tennis player? Hmm. I don't know. Love means nothing
1: to them.
2: That joke was horrible.
1: Wrapping episode 95 into a nice, neat bow, Ken. 95. Who's that? Well, current
0: player, Miles Garrett. Yep. But also... Jameer Miller. Remember him? Yes. And Cameron Wembley.
1: Oh. Okay. Yep. There you go. Yeah, that's, uh, well, I'm glad Miles Garrett has that number now. I liked, I liked Jameer Miller, but, uh, he yeah,
0: like only stayed Cam- two years with us though.
1: Yeah. Cam- Cameron Wimbley. a lot of hype and, uh, a lot of fizzle.
0: Yeah. Unfortunately,
1: a lot of sizzle without much steak. Okay. Ken, uh, before we go, uh, you mentioned it at the top of the show, uh, as school starts, uh, sports start again. And I think we need to create a a business uh, like a under the umbrella of Uber. We should have okay. dad Uber because that's what we are.
0: So duber is what you're saying
1: yes the dead duber. Uber, yeah. duber. dead uber duber what uh yeah. where where will where where are you ubering on typical uh evenings what a- a- activities do you have Um, well,
0: when I pick the children up from school, which is once or twice a week, I will have the following we'll have cross country practice, which is actually right after school because so that's how the high schools work, and then we have practice for Maddie, but then Riley does have activities sometimes in the evenings as well with other, you know, they'll have barbecues with cross country and all these other things. Yeah, in the last week, I probably, I had to go to like seven or eight of different events. Now, a lot of it is because of the beginning of school starting and all that, but we'll have soccer, dance, and then cross country. Mm-hmm. So basically those three. How well, about yourself?
1: You got a few have, more? Oh yeah, we have, oh yeah. We have um, hockey, we okay. kids playing hockey on either three or four teams. One kid might be a skater on one team and a goalie on another. We're still waiting on that. So uh, my kids like to hockey all the time, hockey all the time. Hockey all the time. Yep. Uh, but, but before we get to hockey, we have one kid in tackle football and two kids in flag football. Mm. Now, flag football and tackle football, as you know, start here at the end of August. Yeah. So does hockey practice. So this is going to be very interesting to see how this all shakes out.
0: Oh, my.
1: Yeah. Now, add to that that before we knew that this was all going to be happening at the end of August, beginning of September, we signed up for six weeks, once a week of golf. <laughs> All right. Let me get this
0: straight. Yes, You got football. Yeah. You got hockey. Yeah. And you got golf. golf. I mean, what else are you going to do? You're going to throw in basketball. You're going to do some, you know, some pool as well. That's a lot, man. That's way too Jeez. much.
1: There's also some schoolwork that'll have to be done in there. That's it for till springtime. And then we'll probably do uh lacrosse and or baseball. But uh, I think that's enough. And
0: Let me also throw in the – are you guys doing, like, Cub Scouts as well?
1: Oh, I forgot about that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, let me just put it to you this way. My wife is the Cub Scout one. I put it on the calendar, but uh, she's responsible for the Cub Scouts. Okay, gotcha. That's not your I'll build the Pinewood Derby cars, but the rest of it, you know, if I'm available, I'll take them. But I'm I I got enough to to figure out. Fair
0: enough. You can only yeah. handle so much. Forget yeah. So it. that's a lot, Mr. Klopp. Yeah, yeah. You better get that. You better get that car ready, fill it up with gas, and make sure your driving's laser focused. Because yeah, Wait. you're going to be traveling all around the Cleveland <laughs> Cleveland Heights area, buddy. So
1: well, I'm glad we were laser focused in this week's episode, and uh, who knows what we'll have next time
0: fun and exciting stuff. There's no doubt. Special thanks to all of our guests, John Grabowski, Dusty Sloan. And uh, thank you as well to our audience for listening. We appreciate it for episode 95. Just a reminder, we're just two middle-aged men in Cleveland.
4: Two Middle-Aged Men in Cleveland is sponsored by Westminster AV. Custom audio-visual packages for
3: all occasions.
4: Dandaname, <laughs> 가까이서 보니까 더 잘생겼네